In today's podcast, I'm speaking to Guy Kashtan, the co-founder and CEO of Rewire, a neobank for international workers and migrants. Guy, thanks very much for taking part in the podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me. Let's start with Rewire. What's the company's mission? Our company's mission is basically to empower migrants and their families and allow them to meet their full financial potential by providing them with financial services that include them within the financial industry and provide them with the services that they need both in their home country and in the country where they are currently living and working. And you are the co-founder and the CEO. Can you tell me a little bit about the process of founding the company? I have always loved working on products that make a difference and that are accessible to everyone. I enjoyed that while working at Microsoft, but I missed the interaction with the actual customers. I was very excited when the opportunity came to build a company that is helping a huge underserved population have better financial products together with the challenge of making digital banking accessible. Also, I was lucky to be able to start this journey with good friends. It's amazing to think that just five years ago, we were five people around a shared table in a co-working space, bouncing off ideas. Five years later, we are processing nearly half a billion dollars per year, serving tens of thousands of customers per month. So what does a normal day look like for you? Normal, there's before Corona and after Corona. So uh, during uh, Corona times, now normal is back in the office again. We currently, it's optional for employees to come to the office. So most of the team is still working from home. But a normal day starts with a management meeting now. It's a daily since we're all working remotely. So it starts with a management meeting, then with uh, different uh, one-on-ones with all the VPs I manage, so which I would meet once per week. And then different professional uh, meetings, whether it is a product that we are trying to move forward or a meeting with a partner, supplier or an investor. So most of my days is now over Zoom and before that was uh, in meetings, uh, whether it is with the people I manage or with uh, potential and future partners. So you're focusing on migrants and international workers. What needs are special to this group of people? I'll start by saying that this group of people has various different needs than the general population. You, see, you can see large banks and even uh, neobanks that are focusing on the general population. They are already providing migrants with a slightly better solution than the traditional banks. But when you don't focus on migrants and their needs, then you're not really supplying them with what they need. So migrants today use between three and four different financial institutions for their overall simple financial needs. They need an institution to receive their salary at, they need to send money back home, they need to save money, and sometimes they buy online, offline, etc. Now, in most cases, and especially across Europe, migrants are not that welcomed by the banks. So banks uh, really prefer not to have them there. They don't speak the language which most bank employees would speak at the time. Sometimes the online interfaces are in a different language. Sometimes migrants would need better, more hand-holding in using their services because it's not uh, trivial for everyone to use online and technological services with which they have not used before. So first of all, there's the general support and hand-holding that they would need in their language which we provide today. So for us, we speak with our customers both online and offline in their language. So this is a strong part of servicing uh, migrants. The other part is providing them with the financial services that they need. So when a migrant sends money back home, 
they don't always send it to a bank account on the other side. They don't always have a bank account in Europe. So when you send money to the Philippines, for example, then more than 50% of the transactions are actually terminated in cash transactions on that side. And so you need to have local integrations for the last mile distribution. When you send money to uh, Kenya, for example, then you need to send money to an M-Pesa wallet as well, because not everyone uses bank accounts. You also have to do it through local settlements in those countries, because sending a SWIFT transfer from your Deutsche Bank account, for example, to your account in the Philippines would cost you more than 10% of the small volume transaction that you're doing. So having those local settlements connected with the right partners on the receiving side, providing the service in a language they need and in an accessible manner to our customers are all relatively special needs that migrants have that are not being answered today by the traditional financial ecosystem and also not by the neobanks. Long term, our goal is to continue providing our customers with uh, additional financial services like opening remote savings accounts, uh, credit solutions, etc. We're not there yet, but this is our roadmap. How many countries do you have involved at this point? So today we serve uh, migrants from more than 20 countries across uh, Europe and Israel. And we serve migrants from more than 10 different geographies, specifically focusing on Asian countries and African countries. Um, do you have your eye on any regions in terms of expansion? Yes, so we plan on continuing to expand to Asian and African countries first. We also plan on servicing North Africa, like Egypt, Morocco, and also Ukrainians in Europe. Has any of these plans been affected by the virus? So the virus is maybe influencing how fast we move with the plans, but it doesn't affect the plans of expansion. So we still plan to expand to additional Asian and African countries. We have already partners in those regions. We are already working on different integrations of those partnerships. So maybe the timeline would shift a bit, but the main plans remain the same. Another element is the fact that your customer base is largely people working across different countries. So how have you seen the fact that people can't travel? How has that affected the behavior of your customers? I think that migration patterns for the short term would be slowed down, but it will be overcompensated later because the main needs of the countries receiving the migrants are essential. They need them for caregiving, they need them for nurses, they need them for agricultural work and construction. So I think it will be short-term slowdown with overcompensation later. And for migrants that are already in migration, I expect some of their income to be reduced. But again, many of them are in essential positions and that income would not be reduced at all. But overall, I expect most changes in the migration patterns to be short-term. One other pattern that we are seeing based on the virus is a huge shift to digital. So our customers, migrants in general, are 80% of them are cash-based. Now, during COVID-19, either you cannot go out of your house or you can, but you don't really want to. And especially you don't want to wait in line somewhere. And what we've seen is a huge jump in move from cash to digital. Specifically, our digital activities have grew between three times to ten times higher on some of our channels. And this is because if before, like I said, every four out of every five customers would be cash-based, now we're seeing more of those people move to the digital activity. So in theory, even if migration will slow down for a short period, the digital financial activity of migrants is definitely peaking right now. Is there an added pressure of social responsibility now in this climate? 
So definitely yes, because I think we've been an impact first company since the beginning. It was always one of the things that have attracted us to what we're doing today. But throughout the years, the more tens of thousands and now over 100,000 signed up customers uh, that we serve, the understanding of the impact that we have has grew significantly. And I can tell you that during these times where families are in need many times in the receiving countries, whether it is the Philippines, India, Thailand, Nepal, China, and also Nigeria and other African countries, the families there usually have some level of need. That level of need have increased significantly during COVID-19. In many of the countries I mentioned, there was an influence as well. Family members could not go to work. They actually rely on money being sent to them for food, for shelter, for other aspects. So I think that since the world is in more of a need right now, then the influence of our impact is as well. I can tell you that we had five times more support need during these times, partly because we had to support our customers in the move from cash to digital and others because they just needed more handholding and more explanation on when money will be received. And we doubled our support team in the last two months. So we hired many, many more support employees because we just had to provide a better level of support than other companies are providing today. Because our goal is that no question is remained unanswered and money is being sent between immediately to one business day. And we just had to provide more support to our customers. So one of the main decisions we had to make during COVID-19 times is to double our support team, which we have done successfully. And you've also launched a free MasterCard in this period. Yes, so we launched a few uh, additional financial products. One of them was uh, local payments in Europe, also for free, and the free MasterCard, which you can use both virtually and physically. So it is sent to your house, but you can also use that uh, card online. This basically brings migrants into the financial industry today. So before they would rely more on cash, they would have one account, but they then take out the money and use that cash offline. By providing them with local transfers, international transfers and a card, they are actually going to use the same financial services that any other uh, citizen or resident is going to be using. And which is more important now, where going out is a bit more difficult than before. And you have had a few projects in the works and partnerships, such as with Tanniskatri and with HCL Technologies. Can you talk a little bit about those two? Sure. So those two and in general, uh, our goal is to be the primary account for our customers. We want to provide our customers with all of the financial and banking services that they need. And this starts with receiving their salaries. Now, so instead of them receiving their salary either in cash or to a European account by other banks or traditional banks, they can receive their money directly to our account and use that money for there and with a few clicks of the button, either send it locally, send it internationally, or use their cards. And this basically tailors in all of their core financial services into a single application that they can use anytime and of course from home as well. And those type of partnerships allow us to get to our customer base and help them in the financial aspects of their migration even before they migrate into Europe. So working with placement agencies and employers in Europe allows us to provide these services to our customers from their day one in Europe. One thing that we've done is to open up accounts for a large group of nurses that just arrived in Germany and provide them with these banking services without meeting them because they had to be quarantined for a while after their migration. So on one side, that's great impact that we can provide accounts to customers that are quarantined. 
and on the other hand we can continue servicing them much better while providing them with the financial services that they need as migrants. Uh, I would like to say that in general uh, our vision and strategy is to partner with the financial industry. We partner with banks in our customers' home countries in Asia, Africa and also across uh, Europe in order to make their services accessible to our customers. So we don't think we'll ever do banking in the Philippines better than a Filipino bank. So we partner with them to provide those services. And together, the financial services that we provide in Europe with the financial services that our partners provide in the receiving countries allows our customers to get all the services they need in a cost-effective manner and in a way which is very accessible to them. So in general, if any potential financial institutions want to partner up, we are more than happy to, to hear that. So you wouldn't define yourself as a neobank? So we define ourselves as a neobank in Europe. We make accessible uh, services of banks from our customers' home countries. So in Europe, definitely, we define ourselves as a neobank or a vertical bank specifically targeting migrants. And I think this is the most important aspect of what we're doing today. I don't think any other financial institution that is not specifically targeting migrants can provide them with the same services that we already do and that we plan to continue on adding. I'll give you one other example that we're now launching a social security payments in the Philippines. So a Filipino nurse in Germany, for example, that needs to pay her, it's called SSS insurance or contribution, can do that directly with us rather than doing it offline or by sending a family member to pay it in cash in the Philippines. And these are the type of services that we plan on introducing to many other segments of our populations. And I don't see other financial institutions ever going uh, that way, at least not the ones not servicing migrants specifically.